Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Like some food for thought? Tune in to Radical Philosophy with discussions on freedom, happiness, knowledge, evil and rational argument. With words from Midgley, Caputi, Adams, Stewart, Wolfe and Hagen Gruber. Let's get radical about philosophy. Thanks very much for tuning in to Radical Philosophy. I'm your host, Beth Matthews. Today on the program, I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Nicole Lee about drugs and alcohol. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Beth. Could you give us a little bit of background information about yourself? Yeah, sure. I uh, I am, a, I guess, a specialist in the alcohol and other drug treatment area particularly. I've done lots of things in that area, so research and teaching, professional development training and also clinical work. So I see clients who have drug problems. But uh, right now, um, most of my work is as a consultant in the drug and alcohol field. And I also, I am also a professor at the National Drug Research Institute. So my, I guess my specialist area within that is probably alcohol and methamphetamine or ice. So they're the two areas that I've probably done the most research in. What was it that inspired you to study drugs and alcohol? Well, it was a bit of an accident, actually. I went to uni, kind of 17, 18, went to uni and was really keen on doing computer science. At that time, it was really new, like in the 80s and it's kind of emerging field and it seemed really exciting and I got there and then I didn't like it at all. So I um, switched to psychology and psychology was the only way that I could avoid doing the whole of first year over again. <laughs> and then in amongst the, the you know, lectures and courses, there was some around really what was some very early changes in the way that we responded to alcohol and drug problems. So prior to the 80s, even as far back as the 30s, it was a very disease model orientation, very AA-oriented a lot of kind of what we call confrontational therapy, a lot of moral judgment. And there was at that time a bit of a switch in thinking to a much more motivational kind of approach and treating drug and alcohol problems um, more as a health issue rather than a moral deficit. So that kind of got me interested. So I I didn't come from... um, you know, like I, I don't have parents with drug problems or alcohol problems. And I actually, when I started in the field, I didn't really know anybody who used lots of drugs or drank a lot or had any problems at that time. Obviously, since then, I've been in the field for 30 years and I, you know, some of my friends and family as well have um, developed issues along the way. But at the time, my motivation wasn't um, kind of personal. It was much more intellectual and philosophical I guess. 
Would there be an increased risk of coronavirus for those people who do use drugs? Yeah, so we, well, it's a little bit too new for us to say for sure, but based on just what we generally know about health and um, alcohol and drug intake, we know that people who drink regularly and who use drugs regularly have an increased risk of infections more generally and of health problems more generally. So it would be reasonable to expect that um, people who use alcohol or other drugs and tobacco as well would be at increased risk of both contracting coronavirus and also becoming more unwell from it. You know, at the moment, we're in April 2020 and everybody is very stressed. Uh, do you think that people really tend to turn to drugs and alcohol in this stressful time? Yeah, well, we do know from other kind of stressful times that like disasters and catastrophes and other crises. So, for example, in the GFC at nine, around 9-11, those kinds of events, hurricanes, cyclones, you know, bushfires, those things are all associated with an increase in both alcohol and other drugs. So I guess people are looking for a little bit of stress relief and a, a bit of a calming effect um, from the alcohol and drugs. So we do know that people do tend to drink more and they do tend to use illicit drugs more, particularly during major disasters and crises. How does the coronavirus lockdown affect how people can access drugs? Yeah, I think this is um, one of my kind of worries at the moment. There's there's a whole, you know, raft of measures in, in terms of reducing the impact of the virus itself and the health effects and all of that. But we're not paying as much attention to people's mental health and all and the kind of the other things that come along with the lockdown. And so people are definitely more stressed and we know stress leads to um, increased use of alcohol and other drugs. And also there's, there's just things that, um, you know, people may not think about, but we advise, for example, people who use illicit drugs that are prone to illicit drugs that can um, cause overdose. We, advise people not to use alone. But at the moment, you can't kind of go to a friend's place or use with somebody else because um, we're in lockdown. So there's a whole range of kind of knock-on effects from the measures that we're taking to reduce the virus that will have other um, quite large impacts on people's mental and physical health in other ways. Is there any way that people can reduce the risk? Yeah, well, I mean, certainly if you're drinking alcohol, if you stay within the, the Australian alcohol guidelines, the guidelines say that for a healthy adult, you shouldn't drink more than 10 drinks a week and no more than four in any one day. So that's kind of based, that's based on a whole range of evidence. And so it's a, an average of kind of three times a week, three-ish drinks a week. So if you stay under that, limit, you're much less likely to experience a range of health effects, um, including including uh, dependence and including um, some other, other 
um, more acute harms. With illicit drugs, there's yeah, potentially a range of other harm reduction measures. So, you know, we, as I said, we advise people not to use alone. And so it might be a matter of kind of checking in online if someone is regularly using a drug that can cause overdose just to make sure that they're okay. A lot of drugs are commonly shared between people. So if you're living in the same household, you might kind of pass a joint or a bong around a meth pipe. And those things carry increased risk of contracting coronavirus. So we're advising people not to share, not to share equipment at all around these times. So there's a, you know, there's a few things that are, um, are potentially impacting. I think the other thing that we, that is pretty clear from other infections is that, um, that alcohol and other drugs affect the lungs in a variety of ways. So some drugs affect them directly and some drugs um, affect breathing, which then can affect lungs. But if you normally, for example, inhale or smoke or vape your drugs, so particularly cannabis um, and methamphetamine, that's going to have additional impact on your lungs. And if you've already got coronavirus and you, you're uh, sick from it, it's going to have an even bigger effect than it would have on, a, on a, someone that doesn't use drugs. So you might want to, for example, swallow your drugs instead of inhaling them or smoking them. When people started panic buying, the, the, the first thing they started stocking up on was toilet paper and then probably followed closely by alcohol. Why do you think this was? Well, I mean, I guess that there's a, there's definitely, you know, when you're drinking a relaxing effect from, from alcohol and maybe people are turning to, to drinking in order to relieve some stress and therefore needs, needs more alcohol. Also, you know, things like pubs and restaurants, uh, were closed or are still closed. And so places where people normally drink are no longer accessible for drinking. And so there's going to be more people kind of buying to to drink at home. Yeah, so I, I think there's probably a few reasons. And it's a, I mean, in some ways, it's a little bit of a mystery, like the toilet paper, why people need to stock up. But I can understand why people might be buying more given that uh, a lot of the, the places where they normally would drink would be closed. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. You're listening to Radical Philosophy on Radio 3CR, 8.55 on your AM dial, and I'm speaking with Dr Nicole Lee about drugs and alcohol. Now, you might have partly done this, but could you explain a bit more about the Australian Alcohol Guidelines? Yeah, so the guidelines um, have been developed based on the most recent research that shows that alcohol significantly increases your risk of a whole range of health problems that people probably don't even associate with, with drinking. So at least seven different types of cancers, um, diabetes, liver disease, brain impairment, mental health problems and also it, it's a significant contributor to people being overweight and obese so there's a whole range of health 
problems associated with drinking that the guidelines are trying to address. So the new draft guidelines are a lot simpler than the, the old ones. The old ones were a little bit complex and they've also reduced the amount of alcohol that's recommended as well. So no more than 10 drinks a week and no more than four in any one day. And if you've got existing health problems and or mental health problems, alcohol will affect you more. So your drinking limit should be reduced. And also if you're under 18 or you're pregnant, then you shouldn't drink at all. Um, that's basically what the guidelines say. What are some of the signs that people can look for that there might be an indication that they do have a drinking problem? Yeah, so I there's, there's a, a handful of things that are kind of red flags for me and we know that are associated with either a trajectory of developing problems or um, having a problem. So I, the major one for me is, you know, it's not the amount that you drink per se or how often, although those things are related to problems. So daily drinking, for example, is related to um, becoming dependent. But the really key thing is that you're just not keeping up with the re your responsibilities. So alcohol is impacting on your day-to-day -day functioning, even in a very minor way, uh, that would indicate a problem. So for example, if you keep waking up with a hangover and you can't go to work or... Uh, you're, you've been up partying and you're drinking so much that you sleep in or that you feel tired all the time and you couldn't be bothered parenting, you know, those kinds of impacts are um, a pretty good indicator. And then there's a whole range of other things like if someone expresses concern, uh, in my view, that's worth listening to and thinking about because people will rarely um, mention something until it's pretty obvious and so if someone's saying really worried about your drinking or even if they're kind of saying it in a in a joking way it's probably worth reflecting on whether maybe you might need to reduce we know that if people are drinking to cope with stress they tend to drink a lot more and they tend to be at higher risk of having problems so if you feel stressed and the first thing you do is think to have a glass of wine, it might be worth thinking about other things that you can do to reduce your stress um, so that you don't kind of move on to become uh, dependent on it. And uh, if, if you find yourself, you know, more anxious or more depressed or, you're, you know, mental or more stressed, mental health problems are increasing or you're feeling angry or you're starting to get aggressive, they're kind of signs that things aren't on track. We know that mental health uh, and alcohol and drugs interact in sometimes unpredictable ways, but in general make both conditions worse. And even though when you're, if you're feeling stressed and you have some alcohol, it does calm you down, it actually has knock-on effects later. So your brain's always trying to get into uh, equilibrium and, and right itself again. So if you have lots of alcohol on board to relax you, uh, after you're drinking, 
um, you, you'll probably find your anxiety increases and your sleep is um, worse that evening and a whole range of other things. So mental health problems. And I think if you are regularly drinking a lot to, to get drunk, that's not a good sign. You probably find that you're building tolerance, which is needing more alcohol to get the same effect or not getting the same effect from the usual amount that you drink. And tolerance is a very early sign of dependence. And then I think the last thing is if you are drinking and there's kind of unintended consequences, so you drink more than you were, you were planning to uh, or you get drunk if you didn't, you weren't planning to or you black, you black out or you do embarrassing things when you um, get drunk, those are pretty good signs that you might want to just think about cutting back on your alcohol or getting some support to do that. Yeah, it's strange because I think that a lot of people think, oh, alcohol, it's mainly an older person's drug and younger people are sort of more into, like as you were saying about studying ice and, and other drugs. Do you know just off the top of your head any statistics about the age groups for using different types of drugs, illegal and legal drugs? Yeah, so the the age group that proportionally uses more of everything is the 20 to kind of in the 20s, 20 to 29-year-old age group, which is not surprising. It's a period of kind of more risk-taking, you don't have responsibilities, you're a lot freer to do a whole range of things, including using alcohol and other drugs. However, over the last 10 years, that group had, and the group of um, teen, like late teens have all significantly reduced their consumption of alcohol. So they still drink more than every uh, than other age groups, but it has been significantly reducing over the last decade. And the people who have been increasing their alcohol intake are particularly women in their 40s and 50s. So we've seen a, a bit of a jump in that age group and a dip in the, the younger age group. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's quite interesting, isn't it, really? And... Look, if anybody thinks that they might have a problem, what should they do about it? Where can they get help? So there's a couple of places. There's the National Alcohol and Other Drug Hotline. So the number for that is 1800 250015. And that's a free call anywhere in Australia. It'll put you through to your local telephone counselling service. And there's also an online chat. It's kind of like a going to see a counsellor or talking on the phone to a counsellor, but it's in a in a chat room. It's called Counselling Online. You can just Google that. You can also uh, talk to your GP and they can refer you if you need counselling or psychology or some intervention or treatment, they can refer you to a psychologist or a counsellor or to a treatment service. And there's also a an online service called Hello Sunday Morning, which was started about 10 years ago uh, to provide support for people who want to cut back on their drinking. So not people that particularly need treatment necessarily, but you might be um, a regular drinker and you want to cut back. So Hello Sunday Morning have a, an app that you can use and there's, you know, 100,000 people use it 
at various times and you can get support from peers. So it's a bit like a, a kind of AA for people who don't have problems with alcohol but want to cut back. Yeah, that, that was the first thing I sort of thought about with alcohol was the AA groups and I've known a couple of people who have gone to them and they uh, it really benefited them and, and also that social interaction. So I, I suppose groups like that would be online now, wouldn't they? Yeah, so there's also another group called Smart Recovery which is a bit similar and um, I know that they've all... Yeah, so some of the AA groups have gone online and Smart Recovery are all, all moving online during this kind of pandemic period, which is great because it, it actually increases access for people to um, get support for their alcohol um, concerns. AA tends to be for much more severe um, kind of cases and when it works well, um, when it works for someone, it works really well, but for most people, there's a really big dropout from AA. So if you try that and you don't like it, there's lots of other options that you can try. Tell us Sunday morning, counselling online, talk to your GP, call the hotline or go to a treatment service if you think that that's what you need. So, yeah, lots of different options. And I think I, I really encourage people to try as many as they need to to find the right thing for them. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we haven't already covered? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think that, that the concern about people increasing their particularly alcohol in, intake but also probably illicit drugs and tobacco is real and that it could have longer-term consequences when, you know, when lockdown and when we're out of lockdown, if people don't pay attention to their use now. So I do encourage people not to, you know, I'm not suggesting that we all have to stop and be abstinent and not drink ever again. But if you find yourself drinking more than usual, you might want just want to think about cutting back and uh, especially keeping within the Australian guidelines. Do you have any future study plans within this field? So there's, there's lots going on at the moment uh, in terms of various bits of research right across Australia. There are, um, I'm affiliated with one of the three national centres for research and there's certainly a lot of research going on into different aspects of alcohol and other drug use and trends and, and all sorts of things. So, yeah, keep an eye out for those. Great. Well, thanks very much for coming onto the program today. Thanks, Beth. And I've been speaking with Dr Nicole Lee about drugs and alcohol. Thanks for tuning in and do stay tuned for Swing and Sway. Mm -hmm.